Welcome to Rotten Radio. Rotten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers. Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary Church in Sioux Falls. Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg. And Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm Joe Rutten, the host of Rutten Radio, and I'm joined, as always today, by the ever-faithful, always reliable, the one and only, my brother, the dependable one, that is, Father Paul Rutten. (laughs) How we doing today, Paul? (laughs) I'm doing well, doing well. Don't you love it? Yep, I do. You never know what's going to come out of the introduction. I know. I even sometimes, like, I don't want to put it in the right, script. because then I know it. <laughs> and I it. didn't really even look at it at first, and then I saw a little bit later here, so and then yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, so, yeah, well, we've lost a wingman here. It's an important little note. Yes, we uh, what happened to Father John? Well... I don't know. I don't know. What well, do you think happened? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> People always are like, hey, how's your brother doing? And I'm like, I have no idea. You probably know before right. I do. Yep. Uh, and so we'll have to go talk around town and see if we can't find out. But Father John, uh, unfortunately, can't be with us for uh, what's going to be a fantastic, fantastic hour here. So I'm sure he didn't crash and burn. I'm sure he's doing just fine. Uh but from there, I, I really, really, really think that it, he was just mad and upset because we didn't choose his movie of the month. Oh. He, re- he really wanted to do Top Gun. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he, he's Gun. like, we got to get Top Gun in before uh, the new one's released in right. December. I said, no, we're not doing Top Gun. <laughs> Come on. What kind of show does he think this thing is, right? <laughs> TG2, baby. Top Gun. <laughs> Well, on a more serious note, Father Paul, how's your day going? Well, you know, I, I still, I, I don't like the fact that every day is different. Like, even as we're coming out of this pandemic of sorts, it's like every day I have to figure out what normal is. And so <laughs> it's not good for me. For a person of routine. For a and... person that's reliable and routine <laughs> and just dependable. He likes it to be uh, the same all the time. And it's, so there's always questions being asked about this and that and, We've got, you know, different things coming up and trying to figure it out. And so uh, I'm doing well. The, the sun uh, today, at least as we record, it's uh, the sun is shining. So right, right, That right. is helpful. It makes me think maybe what we need to have one of these months is Groundhog's Day. Oh, we could. For yeah, we our could movie watch, of the month. We could watch Groundhog's Day. It'd be appropriate yes. for the pandemic. It. Yes, Just and Joe, of, Joe, how are you today? Well, well thank you for asking, Father Paul. I'm uh, so, so grateful that you... Uh, considered me here. Um, well, you know, <laughs> I'm doing great. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a roller coaster. I have to try and balance my emotions. I'm either like life is the best or I'm like, Oh man, everything's falling apart. Yeah. This is the worst, you know? Um, so I'm trying to find the middle road, but the grass is definitely greener on both sides of the fence right now. Lots of rain. And, uh, yeah, it just, it's fun to feel like, I don't know. Can you say spring maybe is here? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Like, it's finally back. Yeah, it's finally back. So, but I'm doing good. Mother Nature, uh, hopefully, you know, as we move into spring and summer, like the pandemic type situation kind of stabilizes mm-hmm. as well. And 
We'll see if April showers uh, bring May flowers, or actually, no, that'd be a month late. Uh, if yep. May showers will bring uh, June, whatever. <laughs> so, well, wonderful. If you're out there listening from coast to coast around the world, you can find us on the uh, Facebook, Rutten Radio, yep. and interact with us. Uh, put your comments, questions, anything you'd like there. Otherwise, the Real Presence Network app for your iDevices and for your your smartphones, things like that. You can just download it there. Take us with with you wherever you go. We're warehoused there, so all the previous month's shows can be mm-hmm. found. Um, and then if you uh, otherwise the traditional radio, and I don't know that it should be surprised, but I'm I am kind of surprised at still how strong traditional radio is. Yeah. Um, I even jump in my wife's car and it's always on Catholic radio, (laughs) you know, I'm like, Oh yeah. If anything, that's kind of what I, uh, miss about, I have all electronic devices in my house for listening to things. And so to, to stream radio isn't as easy as it should be, but I just, again, ask Alexa to stream the real presence radio and it does it. So it works, (laughs) but even just in general, when I want to just listen to the radio, you, you have to find an app to stream the radio and so, but <laughs> my, uh, we had a babysitter over here not too long ago and <laughs> my four-year-old kept calling her Alexa. Oh no. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, it's not, not Alexa, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know if she'll, so anyway, um, well, why don't we jump right in, uh, feet first here. We'll, we'll, we'll dive right in. So the movie of the month for June, <laughs> the peanut. Butter Falcon! <laughs> Holy smokes, Father Paul. Throw, Jump right in. Give yeah. us the context for the Peanut the Butter peanut Falcon. Butter Falcon. Uh, it's an adventure story set in the world of modern Mark Twain. Begins with a man named Zach, a young man with Down syndrome, runs away from the nursing home where he's living to chase his dreams to become a professional wrestler by attending wrestling school. The Saltwater Redneck. Uh, through circumstances uh, beyond their control, Tyler, who is a small-time outlaw on the run, becomes Zach's unlikely coach and ally. Together, they wind through the deltas, elude capture, drink whiskey, find God, catch fish, and convince Eleanor, a kind nursing home employee, with a story of her own to join them on their journey. Dun, dun, dun. Wow, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. No. And, uh, content warnings, maybe a little vulgarity and a bit of violence, but... Yeah, you know, and I think the other thing, though, with it is that what surprised people is, is Shia LaBeouf is in it, oh, which yes. I think would be, the, I mean, he was the one name that people would know, but that, that I didn't even know that he did the movie uh, until I looked it up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a little vulgarity, a little violence. Uh, but other than that, um, and a guy running around in his tidy whitey. <laughs> it is so funny. Yeah, no, it's, it is such a great yeah, movie. It's, it's really just, a, it's a tenderhearted movie. Yeah. It's a... It has a bit of the, um, uh, oh, I'm going to blank on this, uh, old brother, where art thou? Oh, sure, a bit of sure. the music maybe sure, is what sure, made sure. kind of the, the bluegrass music yep. to it, but it's set down South and it just, it just has a great story and it moves along well. And I got to the end of it and I thought, you know what? There needs to be more movies like this. Mm-hmm. And maybe there is, uh, I never heard know. of the peanut well, butter falcon. Yeah, see, I think this is probably the problem is is the how do you get your your movie out there? How do you get your book, whatever it is, you know, as we become more and more sort of narrowed by Google and Amazon and as they sort of figure us out, uh, it really, in a sense, the danger is then you never really get outside that box. Like it just keeps giving you things that it thinks you like. And so the ability to 
to really, even maybe like the movie itself, to stretch, uh, to go out of your comfort zone, to be able to see things uh, in the midst of it. Um, and I really liked it. You know, it was just kind of a simple movie. I, but I'm, most of the movies we watched, I found I take lots of notes and I'm gotten all this stuff down. And I think I had like three. Hmm. Uh, and not because the movie didn't have depth to it. Um, I just felt like it didn't it didn't need me writing a bunch of notes for me to really appreciate the movie. Um, and it just sort of presented big life topics in a simple way. Um, yeah. And then I would sort of say like, well, now how am I this person? And how am I that person? And where would I have been? Or what would I have done in the midst of it all? Um, and then really for me, the big question, what restrictions do I place on myself? Mm. So that's kind of just my own initial thoughts. Yeah, that idea of restrictions, I think, uh, you know, I really think that's a good insight. Uh, my first thoughts of the movie was The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn <laughs> and Tom Sawyer. Yeah. I was like, this is totally that um, kind of genre and that adventure, you know, a little uh, rascally nature, you know, even the crime that um, Tyler gets himself into, you know, obviously it's real crime, but it, it, it's... It's not, he's a good person, right. right? That, that in the movie, even they address that, like you have a good heart mm -hmm. and yeah. I thought, wow, how true is that? Like you can do, we're all broken right? and we're all doing the best we can in some way. And some days we do better than others, but that idea that says, do I have a good heart? Um, you know, and, and so I thought that Tom, uh, uh, Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, jumping in on your your restrictions. I think that's a fantastic thing to talk a little bit about. Maybe if you're out there listening, this idea that Father Paul brings up of what restrictions do we place on ourselves? Right when I saw that reflection, Father Paul, I thought, oh yes, it immediately applied to something that that I almost have as a philosophy of life. Is I really try to break restrictions and just say, all right, what experiences am I limiting myself to because either I'm lazy and apathetic or because mm -hmm. of other people's, I'm afraid of other people's um, uh, perception or what they might be thinking. And an example is I love uh, my house, but my house is set up so that I don't get to see the sunset. Oh, okay. And yeah. I love sunsets. And all I can see is like the the third level of the sunset where it just kind of turns the sky pink and you're like, you know, it's just majestic beauty, like just mm -hmm. on the other side, right? But I can't see it. <laughs> well, yesterday I had to go fix something on my roof. Oh. And I got up on top of my roof and I'm like, the sun's, I can see it. I can see it from up on top oh, no. of my roof. And you had better darn well bet believe that in the next two weeks, I will have a lawn chair on the peak of my roof, and I am going to watch the sunset from the top of my roof. And I thought to myself, I've got the most expensive ladder in the world. It's called a home. <laughs> so, But it just made me stop and say, why not? If what mm. I'm looking for is, is an encounter with nature, but why not? Oh, because well, who climbs on top of the roof and looks at the sunset? Right. Well, why Why not? Like, because I'm the weird guy in the neighborhood, because right. you could fall and get hurt, because things are dangerous. Oh, so if anything's dangerous, then I better not attempt, you know? And I started mm -hmm. thinking, oh, Father Paul might be onto something here. Get rid of the restrictions. Climb to So I'm going to make a little vow here in the next two weeks. I'm going to break restrictions. I'm going to watch <laughs> the sunset from the top of my roof, and I'm even... 
potentially going to allow my seven-year-old to join me if my wife doesn't find out. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask the question, where, where is the, uh, the significant other in right, the climbing right. on top of the road? You know, and she's not necessarily interested in the seven-year-old getting involved, probably. <laughs> but she did text me the other day a quote that said, uh, you know, it was two guys sitting next to each other watching a sunset of all things, right? Ooh. So there's this connection. She didn't know what I was thinking about, mm -hmm. and yet she texted me the sunset, two guys watching it. And the one guy says to the other, we only live once. And the other guy responds wrong. We only die once. We live every day. Thought, well, yeah. absolutely. You know, what are the things that we allow p to pass us by because we're not maybe consciously living a little bit more intentional or sure. because we're allowing constrictions that aren't necessary to be placed on us. So, yeah, you know, as you say that the other thing though, in that, is in the movie we see the scene where Zach is being bullied to to jump off the the dock. Right. Uh, so I think sort of my caveat with the whole get rid of the restrictions, <laughs> you can get rid of them, <laughs> but you might need to uh, add something to it. And so what does Tyler do? But Tyler teaches him how to swim. Right. Like so, there's this idea that okay, well you can't swim. So you can't jump off the dock. Well, we can solve that and we can do something in preparation so that you can begin to do these dangerous things uh, or things that other people don't think you should do or, or, or are about to do. Um, and so it would be a question like, is there something you might need to prepare? Uh, like, how's your life insurance? Uh, you, know, uh, you know, those kinds of things uh, before you climb up on the roof or, right. you know, the, in that, that midst, but in that reality, like, like Tyler saw that, like, this is dangerous, but right. let's do this. And then we see it even later down the road when they're swinging and having a good time and, and they get her to join in as well mm -hmm. uh, in the midst of it all that she breaks out of her own kind of confined uh, understanding of what she's supposed to be about and what she's supposed to do. Right. Um, and it really does it in a very natural way. Where, mm -hmm. like you said, you don't take notes. On, I mean, you know, a lot of times we do take notes as we watch it for insights. And it's like, no, you just watched it very naturally. You saw the humanity of it all. And you thought, well, this is possible for all of us. All of mm -hmm. us can be Eleanor. Yeah. All of us can be Tyler, um, right. either as a leader and influencing and mentoring and helping others that are trying to break through their barriers or uh, needing encouragement from others and mentors to break through yours. And to some degree, that's what the whole movie, in a sense, was about, was taking these these restrictions that everybody had placed on Zach. Mm-hmm. Because he has Down syndrome in assuming, or maybe not, but not having other options of just, he can't do things. And so right. we all are going to do them for him. And Tyler gets out and he's like, no, stop doing this. He can do it on his own. Right. Right. You know, and I think part of that though is, is because uh, Zach doesn't have a family. So he becomes a ward of the state. And so the state is responsible for taking care of him. And this is what happens. Like, this really isn't the state's job, mm. uh, but how many people are sort of stuck in the fact that the state is the one that takes care of them, right. not the family. Not, right. Cause he's in a nursing right, home. He's in a nursing home. You know, <laughs> uh, and and he, he shouldn't be there. Like this isn't where he belongs. And, and even the people in the nursing home know it. Uh, and so they're helping they him out. Help him escape. Uh, yeah, there is, you know, uh, in the midst of all of that. Uh, but again, this, this need for uh, family. You know, and what do we do? What do we do in a culture that seems to have less and less family connections in the midst of their life? And so then how do we take care of all these people? Um, 
What are some restrictions that uh, you might just uh, have to offer, like personally, human restrictions or, or faults or m- mind viruses or things that people kind of, when you had that thought about restrictions, what mm-hmm. examples might were you thinking of? Well, or? I don't know that I'd necessarily, I'd have to think a little further back, but um, everyone has a perception of what a priest should and should not do, what a priest, where they, which, you know, like we just have this idea and it's like, well, what if I don't want to do that? Uh, or what if I want to do something different? Uh, and so just even kind of, you know, thinking through it. So a very classic one would be like, when do you wear your clerics? When don't you wear your clerics? And is it appropriate? Is it not appropriate? Uh, you know, which can seem kind of, you know, trivial, but it really defines lots of priests either, you know, like the idea of what they're wearing and, you know, if they're going to something, are they, you know, is it, is it what everyone expects them to wear or not to wear those kinds of things? Uh, so that'd probably be just one of them. When you don't wear clerics, do people mention it? It depends. Um, you know, sometimes I explain my philosophy behind it. Um, do you want to share your philosophy with Rut and radio? Uh, (laughs) Sure. sure. When senior McVie had said, wear your clerics until they know you're a priest without them. So he said, when you go into your parish, go into your town, uh, just wear them, like wear them. And then once everybody knows who you are, you really don't need to wear them as much because your identity is known to most people. And so often if I go to someone's house for the first time, I'll almost always wear them, you know, just this is, you know, and then from there, you know, the next time I might not, I'm like, I'm not going to put them back on, you know, just to go to someone's house for a barbecue or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, You know, and then, or even like after the ordination, I was going on vacation. So I'm in shorts and a t-shirt because I'm going to, to Hawaii and there's Archbishop Hebda, there's Bishop Cousins, there's Father Jim Mason, there's Father Jim Zimmer, all of them dressed like priests, all of them. <laughs> and we're standing there. Uh, and they all agreed in one sense, I'm going on vacation. They're all going back to work. <laughs> like that re- mentality sort of, again, now I know other priests will say they always wear their clerics even, you know, when they're traveling. But I'm I'm ahead on vacation now. I'll tell you who I am when people ask. Right. Um, but it was really kind of awkward because I'm like in the airport by myself, and then I see Archbishop Hebden. I'm like, <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? Uh, and then you know, then you see Mason, and then you see, I'm like, all these priests. And <laughs> they were all there. They all were in the airport. We were all flying out at the same <laughs> and time. And you're the only one. And I'm the clerics. only one in shorts and a t-shirt. But again, I was the only one not going back to work. So that's awesome. So, yeah. so and sometimes it's you're not right. You know, sometimes you have to admit that maybe I should have or shouldn't have. You know, we had the, the the famous story in seminary. We had a seminarian where his clerics to the beach. So we hmm. went to the beach. <laughs> and so everyone is in at least khaki shorts and a T-shirt. And he's in full clerical gear. gear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was again. And, you know, he was sort of making a statement, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't even a priest yet. Uh, and he just... Like, uh, and it's like a little rigid. Yeah. A little rigid. <laughs> I'm sure his pastoral formator had nothing to say to him nope, afterward. Nope, nope. Yeah. So, but yeah, again, yeah. It, you have to be comfortable. I mean, you have to a be comfortable with the decision you make, and then you have to also be open to criticism as well. Like critique in that, like when you do want to break through, what, what if your wife puts some restrictions on you for climbing on the road, right. you know, uh, or, uh, 
you know, whatever. I don't like restrictions. No, 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 no. <laughs> I got. I don't know if it's Donley blood or Rutten blood or what what blood it is. It might be human blood. But <laughs> the minute my wife puts restrictions, I just immediately want a bucket, right, and just say no. And then I'm like, oh, that's what marriage is for. And almost instantly, I always know if she's right or not. And every once in a while, she's not. But it's not very often. You know, <laughs> Paul's shaking his head like Joe. Rarely, she's never, never wrong. Yeah. Uh, but it, there is that natural human tendency to to not want restriction, but we do know that rules uh, and regulations, rules and regulations without relationships are a challenge. But if you have relationship, then rules and regulations are an act of love. Right. And my wife doesn't want me being stupid right. uh, because she just wants to restrict me, mm-hmm. no, but because she loves me and she wants to make sure that her family right. is protected for them. Right. Anyway, well, yep. that's a great, you know, if you're out there listening, this is Rutten Radio. I'm joined here with Father Paul Rutten and myself, Joe Rutten, and uh, we're missing our wingman, Father John, who's not with us this month, uh, but we're just doing a little movie review, our annual, mo- our, our monthly movie review of The Peanut Butter Falcon. Father yes. Paul, where do we come up with the title of the peanut well, butter so falcon? So again, what you discover early on in this is Zach, the Down Syndrome man, loves wrestling. And so he watches this video over and over and over again um, about uh, this wrestling guy. And then he also has a school, the Saltwater Redneck School <laughs> for wrestling. <laughs> and so Zach wants to become a wrestler. And that is his goal. He's on his way to find the school uh, so he can be a wrestler. Well, along the way, they have to, you know, Tyler's like, well, you need a name. Like, you can't, like, like that's not really their name. Like, they get a new name. And so they they had to come up with a name. And uh, they came up with Peter Peanut Butter Falcon. That's yeah. His name. What a name. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they even dressed him up, you know, they put the peanut butter on him. And, like, it, it really is classic uh, wrestling. Once you dive a little bit deeper into the film, um, you know, there's a, re- there's a lot of depth to it. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about, you, you know, your thoughts about Zach and Tyler's relationship. What is it that um, Tyler is giving to Zach or... And he, how he treats him. Sure. What is it that really is present maybe that Zach hadn't previously been experiencing yeah. uh, to its fullest? Yeah. You know, I think the, the thing that I probably have to go back and watch it a little bit more is you begin to slowly discover as you're watching the movie that Tyler had a big brother that was sort of the quintessential big brother, was good at everything, was likable, was like that guy that everyone wants to be. And so... You think about that, and if you're the younger brother of that guy, then you can at times really struggle with it. Uh, and again, spoiler alert, as always, uh, we discover that Tyler is responsible for the death of his brother. Mm. Uh, and so you can see him living out this like regret throughout the whole movie um, and always being told, you just aren't. You're not him. You're not him. You're not, you don't have anything. And I think all of a sudden what Tyler is given is another person to whom he now becomes the big brother. Mm. And he now has this ability to sort of look out for him, to protect him, but to also help him come up with his own identity of who is this guy? What's his name? What's he about? Uh, You know, how do we relate to each other uh, in the midst of it? And again, I think that that idea that for Tyler, he begins to see someone else that needs him. 
Mm. Um, even though he doesn't want to, like he, that in the beginning, they're like trying to not, <laughs> right. not be together, but, but Zach just keeps following and, you know, he sets the rules and, um, all of those things in the midst of it all. Um, but he's the first person that really doesn't see Zach's down syndrome as a problem. Like he just, like he doesn't see that as, as an issue. He just sees this young guy, you know, uh, and so he treats him differently, you know, in that, that ability, uh, to, to demand of him too. like, keep up, you can't slow me down. Like, so walk faster, like this idea, right. whereas we would say, well, you know, you can't. And then, you know, sort of like, uh, start treating him different. Yeah. Like Ann Sullivan, right. Said about Helen Keller, the problem with your daughter is not that she's blind and deaf. It's that she's a brat. <laughs> You know, like that's what she said to the parents. I've never heard that. Like that's the problem with this girl. Not that she's blind and deaf. She's mm-hmm. a brat. And they're like, our daughter's not, her. you know, because they'd coddled her. Understandably mm-hmm. so, because she's right, got this. Right. But Ann Sullivan's like, no, mm-hmm. no, here's the problem. And again, set her free. Like set this woman free. Uh-huh. Uh, because she said, no, you're, you don't, we don't get to treat you less than because of this. And so the same thing, you know, he keeps asking things of Zach, uh, you know, and then there's the great scene on the boat on the little raft when they put his head in the water, you know? Right. So they're like, he can hold his head <laughs> so they can have this conversation. And he comes up with a, a fish. fish. <laughs> like, Hey, I caught a fish. Like, they're like, what? He's like, caught a fish. Why not? Right. Uh, and then they got to cook the fish and they got to eat the fish and like, and they're like, like how did, how did this guy catch a fish? I don't know. He just did it like, cause he put his head in the water. Uh, so there, there, yeah, I think even that. in the, in the initial, uh, adventure, the escape that they go on at one point, they're walking in the cornfield and Zach stops. And I, I think if I recall correctly, the first thing he tells Tyler is I'm down syndrome. I think before mm-hmm. he even tells him, I, even before he yep. tells him his name yep. and I, I think if if we go back, I think he even says, "I am Down syndrome." I think he left right out the, okay. the "I have" but I because am. I remember thinking, "Oh, he doesn't even see this as something that he p- possesses or has. Right. This is his. Right. I, he sees this is who he is." And Tyler, like, bash just doesn't even like whatever. Just mm-hmm. just keep up. I don't, right. You are what you are, buddy. Let's go. And it was like, oh, Down syndrome isn't going to be the thing between Tyler and Zach. It's going to be everything else. Right. And sure enough, it was everything else. And it's almost like that gave gave Zach the freedom to become himself mm-hmm. and to realize, wait a minute, I have gifts and talents and I'm capable of a lot more. And I just wonder in our own lives, how often those restrictions, like you say, that we put on ourselves, sometimes it might be worth a little retreat. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I think we're going to wind up, wrap up here our first half hour of Rutten Radio. It goes so fast. If you're out there listening, uh, uh, support our sponsors. Stick with us. We're listening to Real Presence Radio Network here, Rutten Radio. It's going to be a short break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to dive deeper into some of these themes and, and some of these topics that come out of the Peanut Butter Falcon. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. My name is Carol Oren, and I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. 
My daughter, Tara, is attending Montmartre College. The thing that I really love is that whether you're in sports or not, it's like a family. Everyone cares for every sport, for every athlete, for every student. They also do fun activities. The community as a whole in Yankton, as far as giving discounts to the students, really making them feel welcome and makes them feel a part of their community. Lead. Serve. Impact at Mount Marty College. Easter greetings. This is Steve Sponskowski. I hope you are all safe and well. It has been a great joy to serve as Executive Director for Real Presence Radio for just over 13 years. It has been a very blessed time for my family and a great opportunity to learn to serve and trust. Our family has discerned that the Lord is calling us to step out on the water in faith and follow Him. Where that will lead, we do not yet know, but we are beginning our search. I am working on a transition plan with our Board of Directors, and Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for the position of Executive Director. It is a very rewarding opportunity for somebody with a great love for the Church, evangelization through radio, and a proven skill for leadership. For more information and a job description, call us at 701-795-0122 and ask for Brittany, or email brittany at realpresenceradio.com. Thank you for all we have been able to accomplish together, and thank you for your continued prayers for Real Presence Radio and our family. The 24th Annual Bishop's Charity Fishing Tournament, benefiting seminary and education, is fast approaching. However, this year, due to COVID-19, the tournament is taking a virtual twist. It's all very simple. You just download an app on your phone, then grab anyone that you've been isolating with and head out fishing, starting Saturday, May 30th through Monday, June 8th. For more details, you can call 605-988-3765 or visit ccfesd.org. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus Mystic Monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. And we're back with (laughs) Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio Network. Father Paul, you love my introductions, don't you? I I can just. I love them. I can just sense your pride in being able to say that I'm your brother. (laughs) It just. You're. It actually, no, I can see that you're like, oh gosh. No, it's all right. It's all, right. <laughs> all right. If you're out there listening, you're listening to Rutten Radio here on the Real Presence Network. You can join us, interact with us, dialogue mm-hmm. on uh, Facebook. We have a Rutten Radio Facebook uh, page that you can go ahead and ask questions or comment. Let us know what some of your thoughts are of the movie, The Peanut mm-hmm. Butter Falcon, that we've been review- reviewing here for the month of June. Father Paul's here with me. We're missing our wingman, Father John, but he'll be back with us in July. So don't uh, don't worry. Don't fret. Everything is 
All right. Let's do a couple of shout outs here as we jump back into this second half hour of Rutten Radio mm-hmm. in the month of June. Father Paul, you got any shout outs? Yeah, my, you I do, uh, my friend Rick, who always makes somebody else listen to it, whether they want to or not. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He always has it on either at work or in the car or at home. So someone else has to listen to our program besides him. So I give him a shout well, out. Thank you, Rick. We're growing our audience one, mm-hmm. one at a time, at a time per time. month. Yep, there we go. <laughs> uh, and then the other one I'd be a shout out. It's actually the, as we're recording it today uh, is Bishop Swain's priestly anniversary. Wow. Uh, and so a shout out to Bishop Swain. Wow. Uh, happy and anniversary. Happy anniversary of his priesthood. 1988, if I remember right. right. And so now he's, re- he's retired. Yep. Does he get a meritus title or how do they even... But he's retired. He's retired bishop. Uh, yep. In Sioux Falls. In Sioux Falls. And, yep, still lives here. So, and Joe, do you have any shout outs? Uh, shout outs. I do. I love shout outs. Um, <laughs> uh, a shout out, Tom Henderson, you know, in the, a lot of the faith circles and, and areas that I work, uh, Catholics sometimes work in Protestant circles or have relations, but typically we got a lot of work going on trying to mm-hmm. keep our own church afloat and doing the good work that we don't always build out. But uh, I've met Tom Henderson runs this men's gen, res gen uh, work here in Sioux Falls and has a big, huge men's conference every year and does a lot of work with broken teens or oh, sure. young, young, young adolescents that are struggling. Uh, but I called him uh, three weeks ago for some advice just out of the blue. I don't re- didn't really know him very well. Well, three weeks later, he called me the other day and just said, Hey, I just wanted to follow up on our conversation and, you know, kind of see how, how it's going. And, you know, oh, wow. if you made a decision on which way you're going to go and what your thoughts were. Thought, oh, really? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I just put it, you know, well, he puts it in his calendar. Oh, follow sure, up calls. Sure, sure. And that morning was a follow. And I just thought, wow, what a great way yep. to be present to people and to be organized. Right. For mm-hmm. those that aren't like father Paul and need yep. more organization in their life. Uh, so shout out to Tom Henderson. Thanks so much for, for your advice and wisdom and, uh, and then President Mark Long at Mount Marty College, as I've watched this pandemic kind of uh, mm-hmm. cause all institutions in our society to kind of recalibrate, colleges and universities are like, you know, right in the middle of it all. And these small liberal arts colleges already had had predictions which were like eminent to 20% of them closing in the next five to 10 years. Like the long-term viability and future of small small liberal arts schools is not good. Mm -hmm. Well, then the pandemic hits (laughs) and everybody's like, Oh, this is it. Like this is going to fold them all. Um, And watching Mark navigate this, and communicate and be present and mm-hmm. do it in a way where you're just like, wow, he's, he's unflappable. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd say it's that he's unflappable. It's that he just trusts in Christ. Yeah. He's like, I just do the best thing, the best I can today, Joe. And I go home and I allow Christ to do the rest. And I'm like, wow, that is like, isn't, oh yeah, that's right. what we're supposed that's to be we're doing, isn't it? Doing. <laughs> so just a shout out to Mark yeah. Long and to all the presidents of our academic institutions. Father Jenkins at Notre Dame had a great letter the other day uh, about how it is that, you know, we're going to lead. And he just called people to, to add virtue to science. Ooh. So that we ha- we're we making decisions based upon science and data. But Father, Father Jenkins at Notre Dame said, but this requires us to also possess virtue like courage and prudence. Right. So we have to use the data to inform, to make courageous decisions. Right. And I thought, oh, that's the voice we haven't heard yet, is that, that somebody of respectable status coming in and saying, yes, science matters, but science alone doesn't decide things. Right. 
humans do. Right. And that requires human formation and that we call virtue. Uh, we call it virtue. He even mentioned uh, Fauci. He said, Dr. Fauci and I both have similar educations. We both have read Aristotle and we both understand that the human person requires courage to make difficult sure. And I'm just like, oh, wow. So Jenkins had a great, but it just reminded me, uh, shout out to all our leadership. So yeah. with that, uh, always a shout out to Monica, Mother Rutten. Donnie, oh. I just thought, you know what? What a wonderful shout out. I think every show is in honor of mom. So. Uh, there we go. All right, uh, Father Paul, other themes here as we jump into the second half hour for the next 20, 25 minutes as we think about our movie of the month, The Butterfly Circus. Deeper insights or themes maybe that we can elaborate on. Yeah, you know, there, I mean, there there are a lot of different ones. One of them in there that that was sort of an interesting one, you, you can't really outrun your past. Like at some point, you have to to deal with it. You have to make, you have to sort of make amends with it. You have to come to terms with it. Like you can't really outrun the past. And and I sort of felt like the, the two guys chasing after Tyler through the whole movie was part of that. Like he couldn't get away from him. Like no matter where he went, like they kept following. And even when you thought that they were gone, they show up later. Right. And then they, until finally they, they get him, uh, you know, <laughs> they in the get him good. It. Right. But it was this idea that, you know, sometimes we want to be able to, I think sort of like, just put that in the past and just pretend like it didn't happen. Right. Versus how do I work through it and how do I acknowledge it? And, and again, we sort of saw that with the flashbacks with his brother and I think he was sort of in one sense kind of working through this reality that he has to accept that this, this happened, like this really was uh, the idea. And thus in the end of the movie, I saw them going to Florida, not as a sign of running away, hmm. uh, but as going to something new, uh, you know, a new start, not because we need to get rid of the old, but it's, it's just an opportunity to start over with a greater awareness and even with a family. Right. You know, like they become this sort of family, right. <laughs> whether they like it or not. Uh, yeah. It, so the two, two guys chasing him are uh, work colleagues. He destroyed their fishing yeah. equipment. Cause he was stealing from them. Right. So, stealing from them, destroying their fishing yeah, equipment, then yeah. called it was out. Bad. It was all a bad situation. And in a sense, he doesn't really make amends, but they get justice. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, but it, it catches up. Right. Like, and you right. can't outrun it. Like, it catches up with him finally. Right. And you then? Know? And and so you, you got to take your medicine. Right. Uh, and he took it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Not the way that he probably. Yeah. It so. could have been an, uh, an easier uh, medicine to take if he would have uh, maybe faced it earlier. Yeah. But. And so I do think that for people to really stop and say, is there a part of my life that I really haven't? Mm acknowledge and work through, you know, I, I sometimes say to, to young adults who maybe are complaining about their parents, you know, at some point you got to stop at some point you got to stop. Like you're, you don't live with your parents anymore. So you might've had a bad childhood. They might not have been the best parents, but at some point you have got to stop this and you've got to just accept whatever it was, was done well, done more, blah, and move forward. And same thing with parents, like your kids don't live with you anymore. Like, like you don't have influence like you think you do. So you've got to just come to a place that says, this is what I did. This was, you know, and, and John, Father John's talked about that before. But I do think that at some point we come to a place where we just stop and look at our life, take an assessment, 
uh, make the, you know, the adjustments and the acknowledgements in the midst of it. And it's the beauty for us in the Catholic church. Like we can be forgiven for everything, you know? And so we do have that ability to really receive God's mercy mm. for us, for what we have done and let that be the beginning of setting us free from all of these, you know, sort of ways in which we live. Right. That, uh, you know, I've found out, found in my own life that there's typically a certain restlessness that's present within me, my mind and my gut, you know, I'm kind of a mm -hmm. gut person until I've kind of dealt with those things, mm -hmm. you know, until, and it's almost like I can do everything in my power to forget about them. But if I don't actually like face it, right? right, make amends for it or whatever you want to call it, but kind of look back. And I've done that at different points in my life. I've, you know, just call somebody up and be like, you know what, you want to have coffee here. We probably need yeah. to have a chat. And I just even think about one person. I made a crude comment. Just social media sometimes just lends itself to yeah. that overextension, right? Well, all right. Nobody's perfect, but mm. what do you do with the overextension? Right. Well, I called somebody a curmudgeon. Oh, <laughs> yes. And um, I didn't really expect the reaction to be what it was, but oh. it was very, very, they were very offended. Oh, um, and I was like, wow, I didn't think it was yeah. that big of a deal, but, but I don't get to determine that, right? I don't get to say, oh, it, you, that shouldn't matter to you. Well, right. no, obviously. And, you know, as a person that works for the church and the mm -hmm. whatever, it's like the last thing I need to do is give anybody any more reasons to not like the church, you know? And so to call them up and say, you know, my bad, right? Yep. And now, but it literally freed me. Right. It's like, oh, I don't have to, and, and. I almost didn't even realize the weight I was carrying. It was so insignificant, but it would constantly come up in my mind about sure. once every two, three months, this guy would come up. And it's yeah. like, until I made peace with it, how many of those things are in our lives yeah. that maybe a phone call or I don't know, a letter or how, how do you make amends for some of these things? Are there ways in which as a priest, you counsel people or personally as a human, you've encouraged yeah, people? I mean, I think you just have to, one, I mean, I, I think the guidance of the Holy Spirit uh, and to really make sure that you know where you're at with what it is that you need or should do. Um, I do think the counsel of another person, uh, you know, to ask someone else's advice mm, a little great, bit great. about it. Like, you know, what do you think? How should I? Uh, because sometimes all you have to do, I mean, all you really can do is acknowledge that you heard them, whatever it is, right. you know, because sometimes it is their problem. You know, sometimes you really didn't say anything offensive, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and so you don't want to give the non-apology apology. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Your skin is so thin that you felt bad about that. <laughs> I mean, like that doesn't work. You know? <laughs> like, like that's kind of our culture, right? Right. Like we, we can do that as well. Um, and I do think that's, I'm so again, sorry you're offended. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, get over yourself. Like whatever. Um, and then again, I think, you know, just a sense of, you know, the empathy, like mm. what are the things that I get offended by? And really to stop and say, you know, what, what kinds of things would really, would be really hurtful to me um, and maybe not to someone else. Mm. That's, yeah. that's great. Uh, well, you know, there's, there is, so he, he does make amends. He is to some degree as he moves through and then he, he kind of has this, uh, it ends on a, a great note. 
Um, I almost want to know what the next version. I'd love sure. to have a two, sure, and and see what Florida looks like for them as like this life of becoming. Like, mm-hmm. what's life going to be like now for them as they, uh, w- you know, Tyler, Zach, and Eleanor set off into the the you know sunset of Florida together. The movie kind of comes to a conclusion, but that idea of the blossoming of life, you you kind of speak about a little bit. Um, I'm a romantic. And I just thought, yes, they fell in love. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm the guy that when I was a kid used to like dub tapes on the radio, you know, for your girlfriend, you know, when you're like 12 or something. (laughs) I don't know. Guns and Roses songs or something. I don't know. Right. Every rose has its thorn. (laughs) Uh, Are you? Right. So that hopeless romantic uh, in me, but he outkicks his coverage, right? So I'm always rooting for the guy that can outkick his coverage and- seems to fall in love, but that value for family and love mm-hmm. uh, really struck me that Tyler had has that need too. Um, it was manifested differently mm-hmm. in the loss of his brother that right. he actually needed in a sense, become a person that could love. Right. And, and Zach needed the person that could love him, yep. that could give him dignity. And then it, Eleanor Herself, really, I liked your idea of just like kind of that breaking of her boundaries or her restrictions. She just seemed enclosed almost. Um, You know, she had had her own life experience that had kind of closed her off. Uh, But it just was like this blossoming. And I don't know. I thought it was beautiful the way that it all came together. But my heart just yearned for them to get together at the end. And I was disappointed. I thought, uh uh-oh. Oh, this is how this thing's gonna end, and then, boom, boom. he pops up in the back yep. of the car. Yep. No, no, and I think that's. I mean, again, it is sort of this thing. Like you don't, you don't always know. Uh, you don't always know how it's gonna go. Uh, you know, and and even the wrestling match. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's just one of those things where again, you can see the goodness of some people, and then you can see some people are just not at this moment of their life. They're not good. And they can't do the right thing, you know, and that real challenge in the midst of it, that there, you are going to run into people that aren't going to do the right thing at the right time. Uh, and what do you do? You know, how do you deal with that? Um, you know, and I think again in that though, uh, Tyler respected Zach enough to, to give him the freedom. <laughs> like, do you want me to stop this? And, and Zach says, no, even in the midst of all of it, uh, Zach's like, nope, don't stop it yet. Thumbs up. Uh, thumbs up. Like, here we go. Uh, so too, you know, this real challenge, I think for sometimes when we watch someone else struggling again, Mm. you know, you think about raising your kids and even for parents with, with older children, you know, to have to watch them suffer is hard and you want to sort of step in and, and stop it. Like I got, we got to stop this. But again, how do you help the other person understand that they're responsible for making this decision Mm. so that if they do decide to stop that they have chosen to stop, that it wasn't, you know, someone else doing this for them, took it away from them. Like there really does need to be, you know, I see in it, you know, for each of the characters an ownership of their decisions and then the outcome uh, of that said decision uh, in in the midst of it. The, uh, it recalls, I was out West River hunting with Digger, uh, with Rick, our older brother. And, uh, his boy at the time, uh, I don't know, let's say it was 12 or something, was doing a project and 
it was Rick, me, and him in a small kind of entryway area, and uh, Reed was supposed to be doing something, and I went to help him. And Rick, I thought he was going to punch me. He was like, no, 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 get out of there. You can, you can do this. Right. I was like, whoa. I mean, and my first reaction, honestly, was like, what? I'm You're so mean. Right. right? Why are you being mean to him? Like, just all I'm doing is, you know. You're being mean to your kid. Now you're yelling at me for helping your kid. And meanwhile, you're just sitting, you know, I'm telling you, that's been a valuable lesson sure. for me for a long time in my life where I stop and I realize I have a natural inclination inclination to do other people's job or work or live their life um, in a way that actually hinders them. Right. And, and it keeps them, one, from being responsible for the work that they're accountable to. Right. But then I, I cheat them of the ability to develop, mm-hmm. to realize and become that sense of accomplishment when you've overcome a task that had difficulty or trials. Um, and I didn't realize how I'm like a peacemaker. I just want everybody to be happy. And so right, whatever right. it takes for everybody to be happy, Joel will do. <laughs> you know, like, yep. It's just as long as everybody just tones this room down a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, Rick was like, Oh, not, not in my home. Right. Uh, he'll do this. Yeah. And he did it. Right. And he did it grudgingly and all grunt, but, in the long term, he right. developed responsibility. He, he, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, well, so. and you do learn something too when you fail or when you struggle, and that's the other part of it. Like you, you do learn, you know, over time, having to try again and try again, and you begin to realize that the the failure or the struggle isn't a bad thing, um, and that it's just all part of of life in general. I mean, that was so evident through the whole movie with Tyler and Zach. Like he was just forcing him to have to do things uh, because he could, uh, you know, and and so it simply was uh, the way the way it worked as well. Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! Well, you're listening to Rutten Radio here on the Real Presence Network. You can interact with us, uh, Father Paul and Joe Rutten here on our Facebook page, Rutten Radio. Uh, we don't have Twitter or anything, do we? We're not we're not uh, that sophisticated, no. and you know, no Instagram accounts. Facebook, though, is hot. There's a lot of action it's on the, there. It's and, the easiest thing for us, That's right? It. Let's be honest. <laughs> we're taking the easy way Let's out here. So, uh, right. well, there's just a lot out there anymore. I can't keep up. Like TikTok, what's TikTok? <laughs> TikToks, I know. TikTok, I don't. Um, oh, love it. So, if you want, you're listening from coast to coast. Uh, you got your app. Uh, you're probably listening from around the world. Go ahead and make a comment in the Facebook site. Let us know where you're listening from. We always got our uh, outstanding cousins. We we at least know our cousins listen yes. uh, down in Arizona and in other parts. So, yeah. go ahead and give you a shout out to the Don Lee clan. And, uh, but if you're out mm-hmm. there listening, put a comment in the uh, Facebook post. Let us know what city or state you're listening from. Yeah, you know, the other, I think, thought or theme that came from the movie was we always have these ideals and then reality slaps us upside the head, sort of, <laughs> you know, so Zach had the ideal of what this wrestling school was going to be about. And, you know, then they pull up to a trailer house and it's like, wait, what? This, this is the, and then he trains and he's had this again, uh, the idea of what it's going to be. And then again, he's nervous and scared and like, am I, do I, and again, how many times do we sort of like live just in our head mm. And then when reality comes, because it doesn't meet reality or it doesn't meet our standard, we either allow ourselves to become so disappointed we don't want to be a part of it, um, or we have set it so high that there's no way it could ever really meet that standard in the midst of it. Uh, And yet you see that, like Zach has Mm -hmm. to wrestle with this idea 
of what do you want to wrestle? Like, you know, and then, you know, then when he sees it, when he sees what wrestling is about, he's like, you know, so again, like, well, you, you have these ideas and then, and so for how many of us sit back and we armchair quarterback, we critique, especially leadership. You know, I sometimes want to say to people, have you ever had to actually make a decision that <laughs> right. impacts people's lives? All right. Like, it isn't that easy, and but it's so easy to sit on the sidelines and say, "Well, if I was in charge, uh, then this is what I would." Well, do. and we all have a microphone of social media now, right? Where we all you get know, to feel like our. But to experience what it's like to have that responsibility, you know, in the midst of it. But we live in a world where we can have all the opinions and all the ideas, and then we're just safe in our own little world, and nothing ever threatens us. But in this movie, it's like, well, no, it's dangerous out there. Uh, and part of that is important, you know, uh, to, to bump up against fear and what do I do with it and how do I navigate it and what do I do when I make a bad decision, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think, like you said, that's probably why uh, Dr. Long is such a good president is he's willing to make the tough decisions, but it doesn't consume him. Yeah. Uh, and so he's got this ability to just keep moving forward and, uh and say, well, you do the best you can. Right. Uh, but if you don't have the ability to, to make a poor decision uh, and accept that, then it's going to be bad. Right. Yeah. I'm reminded that um, a lot of the work that I've been doing with the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty, the core classes for the students and the certificate of leadership that we built for executives is really based off of a, a simple concept, and that is that humans are animals that need to be trained. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Socrates talks about this and he said, listen, all these young people need trainers and they need people that know what they're supposed to become. Right. And all you uh, uh, hooligans, all you Athenians are running around here polluting them. You're raising bad, bad young people, right? You're training them poorly and you're going to kill me because I'm trying to raise them right. Um, well, St. Benedict yeah, it does the same thing. He starts his rule by saying what we need to establish here is a school of the Lord's service. And it's a training manual. Right. And so that idea that says the human person has to be trained, but it doesn't happen in a vacuum and it doesn't simply happen like through inputting information in us. It happens through relationships. Right. From our, for better or worse, family, friendship, colleagues, mentorship, um, that aspect of it, I found very valuable to just stop and say the difference one person can make in a very simple way. Tyler isn't an academic. Mm -mm. He has no degrees outside of probably a high school diploma. He's a fisherman, uh, as a professional. Um, and yet he's the one, not the educated lady working at the nursing home right. with the family status, right? I think she had some family status that was the one that transformed Zach. Mm -hmm. Here it was Tyler. And I just think, you know, all of us are probably called in different ways and are able to be present to people to help train them. And it's, it's this just a way of living together. And then I stopped and I thought, ooh, but that requires me to actually give of my time <laughs> and um, to give like of my resources and to invite people into my home. Yep. And, oh, that's a little more. I don't want to do that as quickly. Right. Right. I want to 
send them a paper or tell them to read a book or, but when it requires something of me, um, but that's really what I saw in, in Zach or in Tyler. He's like, all right, if you can keep up, you can come, let's do this. And then at some point he made the decision, turned around, went back to Zach intentionally and said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to help you out. Yep. And it was magnificent who in our own lives, Mm. um, do we help train and mentor? Yeah. And I think the other challenge is, is so often, if you think about the teachers that you didn't necessarily like right away, uh, or the ones that were probably the best teachers and the ones that we really liked, everyone's like, Oh, this is the great teacher was the one that didn't have the rules and didn't have the structure per se and let you get away with things. And as you look back, you can simply say, uh, if I'm honest, the one that was really the best was the one that was the hardest in the, in, in the midst of it. And so how do I live knowing that the outcome will be better in the midst of it all? Right. I, uh, I think that as we wind down here, the first, uh, the, the second, oh, second half, half hour, hour. <laughs> uh, it's been a great, great hour. It flew by. We'll miss father. John we will catch him next month. As we close out with our movie of the month, the peanut butter, uh, Falcon. Falcon. Let's close with the family prayer. Sure. Our Father, we thank Thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us, and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world, and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Peace and God bless. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. 
There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The 24th Annual Bishop's Charity Fishing Tournament, benefiting seminary education, is fast approaching. However, this year, due to COVID-19, the tournament is taking a virtual twist. It's all very simple. You just download an app on your phone, then grab anyone that you've been isolating with and head out fishing, starting Saturday, May 30th through Monday, June 8th. For more details, you can call 605-988-3765 or visit ccfesd.org. 